that exact scene plays out hundreds of times a year. It's, it's amazing when you get to meet a child, especially someone that you've been sponsoring for a long period of time. We've seen people meet their children for the first time, and it's, it's amazing. Uh, these children are not anonymous. They're not just far away people, but they're someone you get to know and becomes a part of your family. This passage, which we've just read, um, comes at the end of two chapters in 2 Corinthians, chapters 8 and 9, which is the longest single uh, treatment about giving in one place in the Bible. It emphasizes generosity, faithfulness to a promise, and giving beyond what is easy or comfortable. Today I'm uh, not going to exegete this passage. Exegete is the fancy word that theologians use to mean explain or interpret. But I want to instead, that this passage to me is uh, the best, uh, what we have in compassion is the best modern day example of exactly what this passage says. And so I want to walk you through how my experience with compassion parallels exactly what this passage says. I'm going to say some things about compassion which you won't necessarily find in their literature, but it's kind of hidden in there between the lines. But I, I've learned, I've observed some things about compassion which, which I'm going to try to share with you. It's the vision, it's the understanding that I have of the way compassion works. You see, compassion does not have vast resources that they use to lift children out of poverty. And compassion doesn't deploy an army of workers to locate and evaluate children and to monitor the nearly two million children that are in their care. They don't go to underdeveloped communities and feed children or teach children. They don't send missionaries to preach the good news to children and their families. And they don't even really take a bunch of pictures and translate letters. Slight disclaimer, there probably are a few who do. But they can't begin to cover the, the, the scope of all that work. So you might want to ask, how does Compassion International fit into this model which we see in 2 Corinthians? What portion of this scripture equates to Compassion International? Are they the Corinthians who have great wealth and abundance? Or are they the Macedonians who gave much even though they themselves were quite poor? Or does Compassion represent the saints in Jerusalem who were the ones that uh, Paul was trying to raise funds to help? I don't think it's either of these. I think that compassion best fits the role of the letter writer, of Paul, who simply communicates the need to the churches and arranges for the transfer of those gifts to those in need. Here's the way I see Compassion International after visiting several projects in both Mexico 
and Kenya. Compassion is an engine. Compassion sits they are a communication and distribution machine that connects people with abundant resources all over the world, including South Korea, which used to be their target audience, and connects them with the volunteers in places where the demonstration of God's mercy and love can have the greatest impact. Compassion is really just an idea. It's based on a biblical model, and it's energized by faith, and it sits between those in dire need and those who are blessed with abundance, and it connects them. And amazing blessings result on both sides. And those blessings are not just limited to the obvious things that you would expect. It's not just that food and health care and education it becomes available to some very poor and needy people. And it's not just that people with wealth and abundance have meaning in their lives and a sense of purpose and a sense of satisfaction. I want to walk through this passage in 2 Corinthians and explain to you my personal experience of how compassion is so much more than you think. We, you hear the number that 87% of the funds they collect goes to the, the project or the children or the mission. That's such a meaningless number because a child doesn't need $38 a month. A child needs love and purpose and meaning and security and encouragement and so many other things. And as that child grows, the confidence that they bring into their community is worth so much more than $38 a month. It's amazing that Compassion does as well as, as they do. Um, They've experienced a little dip because over the past couple years, 145,000 children in India were taken off of their roles as um, religious NGOs were kicked out of the country of India. But they didn't lay people off, as far as I know. They, they took the hit, and they've gradually been redistributing and, and reusing those resources wherever they, they have a need. But... Um, I'm going to point out how that number doesn't even begin to compare with the value that, that compassion brings into these communities. So I want to walk through this passage, starting with verse 12, <clears throat> which says, This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. This service... $38 a month. It's a pretty easy start. Maybe a little bit more on special occasions. Compassion encourages you to recognize birthdays and, and Christmas if you can. Um, maybe by a little travel. Maybe, should be, writing some letters. Possibly the chance to visit your child or to visit a project site. That's the extent of this service which we're being asked to provide to compassion. 
and it supplies the needs of the Lord's people. That tells me that these children are the Lord's. These children, their needs are being supplied. Yes, food, education, health care, but they're also selected by God. Compassion in their mission statement says that they exist to reach the poorest of the poor. In these places we've gone to, there are a lot, there's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of kids walking the street. There's a lot of people who could use more. But Compassion's mission is to find the poorest, those who are on the verge of utter disaster, and to meet their needs first. As they start meeting those needs in a community, they'll work their way up the ladder, so to speak, but they never get up very many rungs. They're, they're serving the poorest of the poor, and those are the Lord's people, the Lord's children. But even more than that, in supplying the needs of the Lord's people, our gifts, our service is going into the hands of the Lord's people. It's the local churches in these communities. It's their members and the volunteers that are fulfilling the needs. They are delivering the work of Compassion International. Your gift empowers them to be God's hands and feet and families to the very many of these, these very, very poor children. So I believe it is really the Lord's people that are benefiting from this, these programs. <clears throat> it goes on to say that this is overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God from one simple gift $38 a month, maybe a backpack and some clothes on occasion, some toys. We have seen children's faces light up and smile and laugh and their siblings right along with them and the, and the mother. There's very rarely is a father around. Either he's had to leave the country to work or maybe he's just plain not around. But the family is encouraged through this simple gift We've received letters from some of the children that, that we sponsor and seen their progress in education and their command of English. The children, their families, the local church, the volunteers are all expressing thanks to God. God is glorified and his name is raised up throughout these communities. And the gospel is proclaimed in a way that, like the scripture says, is overflows far beyond what we thought, shaken down, pressed together, and overflowing in your lap from a simple gift. Moving on, verse 13 says, Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself. Yikes. I can only hope. Actually, Paul is poking the Corinthians a little bit with this statement. 
because the Corinthians had earlier promised to help the saints in Jerusalem. And Paul is subtly hinting that following through on their promise would prove the genuineness of their promise, if not their faith. So it's a subtle reminder, but it's also a reminder to us. Our faith is being proved through this type of service. Your sponsorship of a child is a promise, and it should not be made frivolously or lightly. Don't overpromise. Be sure to count the cost, and then move forward in faith. Don't think it's a small thing to begin and then stop. Compassion does make it possible to give a one-time gift if that fits your situation better. But I want to encourage you because the impact of faithfulness is part of the amazing picture, the amazing effects that compassion has in the lives of children. Verse 13 goes on to say, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. Again, people will praise God because of what they receive. Is it because they're receiving gifts and snacks and food and, and, and maybe even some necessities? Or because your obedience indicates or declares the very obedience of Christ presented in the gospel. Believe it or not, your obedience is a reflection of Christ's obedience and is a reminder of that. Going on, your generosity and sharing with them and with everyone else. Your generosity also reflects God's generosity who gave out of the abundance of all his possessions in heaven reminds us that the very scope of our little gift and the faithfulness to continue it month after month over many years in, in many cases, this is what lifts families and villages and churches and reflects the offer of grace, God's grace, to the world that we talk about every time we quote um, John 3.16. For God so loved the whole world, he gave his only son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's the standard of generosity. And whether a simple gift to a child proves uh, my faithfulness or not, I, I can only hope in some way God recognizes and, and, and receives that gift. In verse 14 it says, And their prayers for you, and in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. I know it's probably, you probably wouldn't wonder what's in it for me when you choose to sponsor a child. That's, that's not why we do it. And yet, there is a little something in the back of our mind that says, well, maybe it's a tax deduction. Or maybe I will get to take a vacation and go visit that place. But consider this, what's in it for you 
our prayers. The very power of God is invoked by humble saints on your behalf. Daily. That's more than I remember to pray for my sponsored child, I'm embarrassed to say. We send pictures of our whole family to the kids we sponsor, and for those we've met in person, we've given them a booklet which has pictures and introduces all, all of our whole family. And Emmanuel, who's our beneficiary in Kenya, Compassion calls them beneficiaries, um, he's got that book and he shared it with his whole family and he and his mother pray for my children every day I believe and Emmanuel asks about my son John and it's a comfort to me to know that his prayers are effective on behalf of my son John even when I don't know what he's up to or how he's doing when Emmanuel saw us just a few weeks ago, he said, I miss John. Now, he's never met John. <laughs> he's never seen him except in pictures. But John is about this tall, black, handsome young man. And so Emmanuel obviously identifies in some way and maybe even aspires in some way to, to be like him or to have the life he has. But he says, I miss John. Somehow Emmanuel's heart has gone out <coughs> to a place that's very sensitive to me, to my wife. Because scripture says it will. And because of the surpassing grace God has given you, he has given us surpassing grace. We found salvation in Jesus Christ. Nothing beats that. We have great resources. We have health and leisure time that we can use to go and visit and, and see these children and learn about their world. And we have this wonderful engine of Compassion International, which has connected us, not only with a child, but with saints in these churches that we've gone to visit who we know are brothers and sisters and some of whom we've got to meet and we call friends. That's an amazing thing for $38 a month. The best deal going. And in verse 15, Paul, after just talking about how this thing of giving works, is driven to say, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. While we may be delighted, maybe a little bit surprised or even shocked by the reminders that we've just read in these verses, that it, somehow we are privileged to be ambassadors of Christ, to be symbols of his compassion and love and mercy in the lives of these children and in the churches, still you can't help but become painfully aware of how imperfect my service is. Even my best, our best, is tainted by pride, reluctance, 
doubt, inconsistency. And it makes me marvel at the perfection of Christ's service, which he completed in complete humility and obedience and determination to fulfill the Father's plan with absolute trust in his Father. He persevered to the full and perfect completion of God's plan for redemption so that not one soul is outside of the reach of reconciliation with God. Oh, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So compassion does not have vast resources that they use to lift children out of poverty. We, the Christians who have been blessed with far more than we need, have those resources. Compassion doesn't deploy an army of workers to locate and evaluate and monitor nearly two million children. That army is already on the ground in the form of indigenous churches and the men and the women who volunteer and who want to spread the gospel and show God's love to the poorest, the despised and the forgotten people in their own towns and villages. Compassion doesn't go to underdeveloped countries and feed children or teach children. The local church does. And sometimes, for a little while, we may get to. Compassion doesn't send missionaries to preach the good news to children and the families, local pastors, program administrators, and bookkeepers run the programs and are held to a high standard of excellence by the in-country compassion staff, many of whom most of whom are indigenous people, and many were once beneficiaries within Compassion itself. Compassion doesn't even take the pictures and translate the letters. Volunteers do. And even children who, are, who have advanced through the program now man call centers. If you call Compassion, very often you get a kid, someone with an accent, probably because it may be one of their South American call centers, manned by children who were once beneficiaries and now have paying jobs. And those jobs in and of themselves allow those children who are now adults to continue to lift their families and their communities out of poverty in the name of Jesus. So I said that compassion is a model, it's a biblical model, energized by faith. And so I have to remind you of Hebrews 11.1, 1, which says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, any of you who have heard me recently in a Bible, in a class, or even preaching, I'm in a Hebrews 11 a lot. I won't say it's my favorite passage, but it seems to be God's favorite in my life. Because I want to understand faith. I want to understand how it works and how God, how to recognize it. Mostly because Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. To have faith is to act as though things you have no evidence of are, in fact, a reality. Not because you're delusional, 
but because the word of God says it is so. So by faith in 1952, Reverend Everett Swanson chose to believe Hosea 14.3 that says, in you the orphan finds mercy. And he determined to care for the countless <clears throat> street orphans in South Korea. Over the years, by faith, Compassion's board and their subsequent uh, presidents have believed Genesis 22.18 that says, in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed and Compassion International has spread to 27 countries now. And they want to go further. In 2009, they were serving one, they hit their one millionth child in care. And that was in 25 countries. By 2018, just nine years later, they hit their two millionth child. So there are a little over two million children in care now and in the words of Santiago Melado, their current president and CEO, he says, with a billion children still living in poverty around the world, we are committed to building capacity to serve far more. With God's help, we are setting our sights on reaching as many children as possible, and we pray that exponentially more supporters around the globe will join us in this life transforming work. We have seen that by faith a single mom uh, determined to find $38 a month to care for one more child. We have seen by faith a young couple choose to add two children in a faraway land to their already growing family. And we've seen by faith a retiree choose to invest in one more young life in Jesus name. Now, God may not be calling you to express your faith through Compassion International, or many of you here already do. We recall 1 Corinthians 12, in which we read, If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less of the body. God chooses different people to serve him in different ways. But I will say this. If not through compassion then choose to please God by acting in faith. Do the one thing today that you have been waiting to do just as soon as the resources show up or just as soon as the answer was clear or just as soon as humiliation was no longer a possibility. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, Let's pray.